Good morning, everybody. You're so fortunate to have Simon. <laughs> but he will still be working with us, won't you, Simon? So that's really wonderful. I don't know about you, but um, I kind of feel the church neglects the Old Testament. Christians actually neglect the Old Testament. And I don't think we realise how rich the Old Testament is and the wonderful stories in the Old Testament. And the story that I really have taken to recently is the story of Joseph. That is found in Genesis chapter 37 to 41. From beginning to the end, Joseph's life is both compelling and inspiring and very challenging. This is an interesting story because it's a story full of jealousy, (coughs) hatred, injustice, suffering, false allegations and imprisonment. But also, it's a story full of tears, forgiveness and reconciliation. I reckon you could make a Hollywood blockbuster film out of this story. (coughs) And in this story, the life of Joseph, I think, is an example of God making something good out of something bad. And it's a reminder that in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of hardships, God is with us. So Joseph was one of... um, Jacob's 12 son. And his father really, really loved him. In fact, he loved him more than the others. And he gave him this multicoloured uh, cloak. Not like mine. Mine's kind of red and all these colours. But, you know, it was a bit of a mistake, really, because he showed favouritism. And it kind of reminds us to really be careful with our kids or with anybody when we show favouritism. And this act of love, actually it was an act of love, was going to bring devastating consequences. We read in Genesis 37 verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. That's an amazing verse, isn't it? And Joseph also had a dream. And he shared this dream, and in this dream it indicated that one day his brothers would bow down to him. And this caused even more hatred. 
And as time went on, his brothers became much more jealous, envious of him. So one day, while they were in a field, this hatred, this jealousy, this envy, this bitterness caused them to want to kill him. His brothers wanted to kill Joseph because of the hatred that had been built in their hearts. And they wanted to throw him into a pit, which they did. But it kind of reminds us that jealousy and hatred are very negative emotions and can be very, very destructive. And we know, we kind of seen and heard from our friends and read in the news, how hatred, bitterness, jealousy, all these kind of emotions, how they can destroy family life. It's hard to imagine how Joseph must have felt while he was in the pit. He was separated from his father and probably I would say he was in shock that his brothers had thrown him into the pit and wanted him dead. So after some time, his brothers sold him to some men and these men took Joseph to Egypt and they sold him to a man named Potiphar who was one of the Pharaoh's officials. It must have been so hard emotionally for Joseph being away from his family, the comfort of his home and now he's in a foreign land. But what was really interesting is that during the time Joseph was with Potiphar, Potiphar noticed that the Lord God, the God of Israel, was with Joseph. And he ended up putting him in charge of his household. And it seems to me, Joseph must have lived an amazing life for Potiphar to see that God was with him. And it kind of raised the question for me and for the life of the church. Does our lives, how we live, how we behave, does it reflect the presence of God? Is our life showing that we follow Jesus and that we are filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God? Joseph's behaviour, his attitude, his life, the way he lived, had an incredible impact on Potiphar. 
things looked really good for Joseph. But another storm was brewing. Potiphar's wife came into the scene. And it seems that she kind of not kind of fell in love with him, but basically because he was quite handsome, like Simon. <laughs> You're quite handsome, brother. <laughs> He must have been handsome. I reckon he was handsome, don't you? He had good looks, like David, King David. And uh, Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him. And day after day, pestered him. I'm amazed how he resisted. But he did. He resisted. Because he saw that if he had slept with her, it was a sin against God and a wicked thing to do. He said to her that it would be a wicked thing and a sin against God. And for me, this showed that Joseph had an understanding of the holiness of God. He knew something of God's nature and character. And you know, I think the church today they understand about the love of God. And they're always preaching about how lovely and wonderful and lovey-dovey God is. That's true. That is true. We do believe that God is love because God demonstrated his love on the cross. But I think what the church now has neglected forgotten, missed out or don't take notice is the holiness of God. And that holiness was also demonstrated on the cross. And it seems to me that the church in this country is preaching that message that God loves you. Yes. But it's not preaching that message that God is holy and hates sin and there's a consequence of sin and that is hell unless you come to know the Lord. It's interesting in Psalm 45 verse 7 which is a prophetic psalm it says you love righteousness and hate wickedness. And it's another display of the character of God that he loves everything that is right. Everything 
that is pure. But he hates, hates sin and wickedness. He hates what is going on around the world. Absolutely hates the injustice, the wickedness and all the evil that is happening around the world. But he loves all the good that God's people are doing. Anyway, back to Potiphar's wife. So, on and on and on, she's trying to get him to bed. And then one day, she manages to grab hold of Joseph and hold his cloak. What did Joseph do when this kind of incident happened? Well, we're told he fled and ran away. And it reminds me of what Paul said to Timothy. Do you remember in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22? Flee the evil desires. Run away from sin and temptation. And that's what Joseph did. Sin is enticing us to go this way. Whatever that sin is. And the word of God is telling us to run away. But it's not easy, is it? Sometimes the temptation, the enticing is so strong, it can suck us into sin. But Joseph, I reckon Potiphar's wife was quite attractive, don't you? She was married to this high profile person. But he resisted her seduction. He resisted sinning against his God and he ran away. And in her anger, she lied, making out that Joseph made an attempt to sleep with her. And when Potiphar heard this story, he puts Joseph in prison. But what's really interesting here is that Joseph was in prison for doing the right thing. <laughs> and it reminds us, Simon, doesn't it? In Pakistan, some Christians, not only in Pakistan, around the world, are in prison, prison because they do what is right. It seemed... So unfair. No wonder Joseph was thinking that. Lord, I'm trying to do what is right and the outcome of me doing what is right is going into prison. As Christians, we must remember that living and doing the right thing will not always lead to a better outcome. Following God, living for Christ, will and can 
lead us into incredible difficulties and persecutions. Do you remember the story of a nurse a few years back? She prayed for a patient and was suspended. What she was doing was wonderful and right. But she was suspended. And I think in these days, speaking out for biblical principles and values are going to land us in trouble. And they are, aren't they? We read stories of Christians who are prepared to stick to what the Word of God says instead what the world says and they end up losing the job, end up going to court and things like that. But I think we mustn't be surprised by what is happening in the UK. We mustn't be surprised by the discrimination and persecution that is coming to this country. Because Jesus reminded us that persecution will come to those who live the right kind of life. But also, he said, that those kind of Christians will be blessed. Blessed are you if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, Genesis doesn't actually discuss uh, the pr- prison conditions that Joseph was in. But it's interesting, in Psalm 105, verse 18, it gives us a glimpse, because we read, talking of Joseph, they bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons. Wow. Joseph not only had the struggle of being in the pit and his brothers wanted to kill him. He had a false allegation against him and ended up in prison with his neck put in irons and his feet in shackles. It must have been really, really hard for Joseph to live in that dark, grim prison. But once again, during this imprisonment time, Joseph made an impact on the keeper of this jail. His life, once again, in the midst of the suffering and the difficulties, he reflected the presence of God. When I was in Pakistan um, over Christmas, just recently, I met up with Zafar Bhatti. As you know, he's been in prison for a number of years. And uh, he's really suffered in prison. But what I really noticed was he wore a chain and a cross. He was in the prison with Muslims, but he was not ashamed of the gospel. 
And I could tell just by meeting him, meeting him, praying with him, that you could see, even in the struggles and the sufferings, God's presence was with him. I remember years and years ago when I used to live in um, Stepney and I was a lay reader at this uh, Anglican church and the minister there was absolutely one of the most amazing men of God I've ever met. You know, when you was with him, well, you felt you was in the presence of God because he oozed godliness. His whole demeanour, his whole way he was, just reflected uh, the presence of God. And whenever I was with him, I realised how unholy I was. So here in prison, somehow Joseph's life has such an incredible impact on the jailer, on, on the keeper of this prison. Reminds me again. Can people see Jesus in how we just live in the midst of difficulties and hardships? Can they see that? That we believe that God is with us. Are we reflecting his presence? In Genesis 39 verse 21 we read this. While he was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. God used Joseph to touch the life of this keeper of the prison. So while Joseph is in prison, two of Pharaoh's officers, they also wind up in prison. One is the chief baker and the other a chief cup bearer. And one day they had a dream. And this kind of dream left them sad. And eventually Joseph told them what the dream was about. He told them that the chief cupbearer would be restored, but the chief baker would face death. And both of these dreams came true. It's interesting, after Joseph had told the cupbearer that he would be restored, he said to me in Genesis 14, verse 14, But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So Joseph is 
saying to this cupbearer, please, please, remember me. Talk to the Pharaoh about me. Don't forget me. Please help me to get out of this prison. And then in the space of a few days, the chief cupbearer is restored to his position with the Pharaoh. However, the chief baker faced death. Two years had passed. Two years Joseph had said to this cupbearer, remember me, don't forget me. For two years probably thinking, what's happened? Wondering, did the cupbearer speak to the Pharaoh? Two years of not knowing. So while Joseph was in prison, the Pharaoh had a very disturbing dream. No one could interpret his dream. And then suddenly the cupbearer remembers Joseph after two whole years. And he tells the Pharaoh that he knows Joseph and Joseph could come and interpret his dream. And that's what Joseph did. He interpreted the Pharaoh's dream in such a powerful way that now he was appointed second in command over Egypt. From the pit to imprisonment and now a prince in Egypt, second to the Pharaoh. What a journey Joseph had. A journey of tears, a journey of heartache, a journey of rejection from his brothers, a journey of suffering. And later on, we do discover in this amazing story, Joseph with tears and a forgiving heart is reconciled to his father Jacob and his brothers. Even though they sold him into slavery, Joseph chose forgiveness and not bitterness. And he welcomed the entire family back into his life with open arms and tears in his eyes. God had transformed Joseph from a time of sorrow and pain to a time of incredible joy and happiness, even in the midst of all that pain and suffering. So in Joseph's life we see that he underwent depths of terrible suffering, a life full of sorrow, disappointments and rejection. And yet in all of these emotions, he remained faithful to God. 
and most important, he experienced God's faithfulness and favour and he was fruitful. And as I was thinking about this, that's the introduction by the way. <laughs> no, not really. Not really, sorry. <laughs> as I was thinking about this really, uh, I would say, a mind-blowing story, the, the phrase that really hit me was in verse, chapter 41, verse 52. God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So what we notice here is that God made Joseph fruitful and blessed him in the midst of his suffering and pain. But also we notice here that God did not protect Joseph from the pain. But what he did do, he revealed his presence. He revealed that he was with him. And you know, it kind of reminds me the story of Paul and Silas. We all know that story, don't we? Paul and Silas, once again, they were put in prison for doing right. And while they were in prison, we, we see that they didn't moan or complain. Instead, they praised and worshipped God. And because of that incredible attitude, because of that incredible faithfulness to God, God used them to bring the jailer to Jesus. Incredible. Out of the pain and the sufferings and the difficulties, God saved that jailer. I don't think we will always understand sometimes the purposes of God in the midst of our difficulties. Maybe once we get to heaven, we will see why God allowed what he allowed they were fruitful in the eyes of God. What looked bad in the eyes of the world, God turned it around for good. And I think it's really important for us to always keep in mind, just because we live and serve God, it does not mean that on this side of heaven we will not have any hardships. It's in our pain, it's in our difficulties, it's in our struggles we must learn to stay focused on the truth of who God is and his promises. He does not protect us from hardships. But we know that he uses our suffering, our difficulties, for his purpose, for his plan and for our growth and development as his sons and daughters. 
And I think many of us at some stage in our lives, I would say, in our lives, we have lived in the land of suffering. Maybe some of us may be in that land of suffering at this time. And what I want to say, living in the land of suffering can be incredibly difficult. Whenever we've been to Pakistan, we've seen unbelievable pain and suffering for God's people. They are physically in the land of suffering, but also emotionally in the land of suffering. And as I finish, I want to quickly just share with you what are the important things to remember in the land of suffering. Firstly, we need to remember that God is with us whether we feel it or not. If we believe and trust and recognise that God has a purpose and plan for our lives, even in the most difficult times, we will be blessed and be fruitful. Remember, the Lord was with Joseph. Secondly, in the land of suffering, God makes us fruitful. Not that we make ourselves fruitful. God does it by what he does in our lives. In the land of suffering for Joseph, God used him to change the lives of all those he encountered, including his father and his brothers. And thirdly, in the land of suffering, God refines and tests our faith. That is a fact. James chapter 1 verses 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Brothers and sisters, whether God intentionally causes a hardship in our lives, or allows a hardship into our lives, he uses it for growth and good. Even though it can be incredibly difficult and hard to understand. And what is important for us is to know and believe that the pain in our lives, God uses it to draw us closer to him and to have a deeper understanding of his love, his purpose and plan. And fourthly, in the land of suffering, God comforts us. Why? So that we can comfort others. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God comforts us in all our affliction 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And finally, why was it? What was the key to Joseph being the way he was? The key we find in John chapter 15. If you remain in me, I will remain in you and you will be fruitful. Joseph's life, the way Joseph lived and behaved and and, and, and why he was blessed and fruitful was because he abided in God. And Jesus is telling us that if we abide in him, he will abide in us. And even in the midst of the sufferings and the difficulties, we will not only be blessed, but we will be fruitful. Let's pray.